From the barbecue studios where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Number two, welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon, still to come. Well, momentarily, Matt Snyder, as promised, CBSSports.com recovers baseball. Matt Postens will join us. Big 12 conversation coming up with uh, Mr. Postens. Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that before we get out of here at uh, just before noon. Well, Trent, I hope our next guest doesn't throw cold water all over the mood that I was in. And I'm kind of nervous. Were. Yeah, I've I'm almost nervous to talk to Matt Snyder because we both feel good. I do. You do. You think you're going to see your twins. I'm convinced my Jays are going to be in spring training. Everybody's optimistic at this time of year. But we're just a couple of guys on the radio. We go to the That's people right. with the real information. And he joins us. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, don't break our hearts. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. You know, uh, a little tired, but, you know, it, I, I wish it was due to an actual game, but in a weird way, it felt kind yeah. of good to spend up to stay up almost all night. It was, you know, it was like I was back in October for a second. Again, I, I wish it would have been an actual game, but hey, still, I was up for work and it felt right. Well, and they're still talking, right? It certainly seemed like on yeah. Sunday that there's no way we're going to have any optimism on Monday, which was the self-imposed deadline by Major League Baseball. But yet they kept exchanging, made a little movement on one side, a little movement from the other side, and they stayed until past midnight in Jupiter, Florida, the home of the St. Louis Cardinals uh, spring training, as well as the, who do they share with? They used to be with the Marlins. Are the Marlins still there? I don't know. I think I'm they are. Sorry. No, that's okay. My brain's fried on stuff like that right now. No, I get it. So, um, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's good news, right? That, they, that they're still talking and agreed to extend the deadline and get back together, which apparently they have done uh, here this morning. Absolutely. I mean, since they, they only, I mean, we always knew it was probably a soft deadline, but, you know, deadlines for action and discussion. And uh, that they only extended it until 5 o'clock Eastern today leads me to believe that they're close enough that they think they can get it done by then. Otherwise, why even bother? You know, and, uh, you know, it was interesting because throughout most of the the afternoon yesterday, I thought there's a 0% chance they're getting this done tonight. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it was about, I want to say, 8.30 Eastern. Evan Drellich of The Athletic tweeted uh, that there were, like, two options, right? Number one included the 14-team playoffs and uh, higher minimum salaries, a higher bonus pool for pre-arbitration players. And option two was lower on those areas, but 12-team playoffs. And I actually texted my dad and brother because they'd been pestering me. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like I'm not going to, like, tweet if I have any info. But, hey, you know, that's what family's for. And I was like, you know, I think I'm up to, like, 20% now from 0%. And uh, the more the night went along, the more the sides were talking you know, it's always if they're going back and forth, they're doing it for a reason. And even on the shorter meetings, I was like, that just says to me, like, okay, hey, 
it's like when you're trying to buy a car, right? And they say, we have this one point, and then the guy goes back in the back, and he comes back and says, okay, yeah, we can do that. You know, I kind of felt like the short meetings were them popping back and forth and saying, okay, yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I growing optimism throughout the course of the night slash morning for me. So what are the main sticking points still remaining? What is maybe that one piece that is out there that could derail this, that could set this and we don't come to an agreement here in the next day or so? It seems to be still the, the, uh, the quote-unquote luxury tax, mm-hmm. the, the competitive balance tax, and uh, where the threshold will be, first of all, but second of all, where the penalties for teams that go over it will be. Um, we know for a while the owners have wanted it to be close to the, the $210 million that it's been recently. I think we saw 214 floated. It, they hadn't budged in recent weeks, hadn't even talked about it. And then late last night, actually it was probably more this morning, early the wee hours of the morning, it's, it, there were reports that said the owners were willing to come up to 220. Well, we know the players were like 245, which sounds like a huge gap. Uh, in the wee hours of the morning, it said the players had come down to 230. Well, you still got a gap there. And once they get to the point where they agree, and it's not as easy as just saying, oh, hey, go to 225. I wish it worked. Right. I mean, it'd be really cool if it was. Um, but once they do that, then they need to hammer out, if you go over it, what's the penalty? Um, is it you, you have the team that goes over it has to pay 10%? Is it they have to pay 20 Uh The third year, there was a proposal where it was like 65 so nobody's ever going to go over it a third year and pay that, uh, which to the player's point would be like, well, that's a hard salary cap. Then. And for – that's been a non-starter for years and years and years going back to the 94 strike. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing that they would be hammering through. It seems like they're still not fully ironed out on a lot of other details, though. And when the clock's ticking and you only have a few hours left, it seems like maybe you should start putting more things to bed. Um, so that's why I'm not like 100% there is like, there's a lot of stuff like we saw last night. Uh, I think it was John Haynes tweeted that they were talking about uh, restricting defensive shifts. I mean, if that's a minor detail, and if they're only just starting to talk really? about that and they haven't ironed out the big one, it feels like you're still a little bit far away, doesn't it? Yeah. If you have to, mm-hmm. if you have a bunch of minor, but but that's the thing. If you get the major details ironed out and you agree on those, and it gets to five o'clock and you're not done with the minor ones. I think that they would probably say, hey, let's just go to midnight and get all the minor ones done, too. Hmm. You know, I'll give you baseball reporters credit. You you give credit where credit is due. If somebody breaks a story, uh, just like you did, you think it was John Heyman or, or Dralick earlier with The Athletic. It's, yeah. it's, uh, you, it seems like baseball is more willing to do that. When somebody breaks a story, give that person, even if they don't work for your outlet credit, which I find refreshing, quite honestly, in today's day and age. So let's get to it seems inevitable, right? We are going to have an expansion of playoffs, whether that be to 12 teams or to 14 yeah. teams. The 14, and correct me if I'm wrong, if they do go to 14, then the – Two teams that have the best record in the in the defensive in the respective leagues would each get a bye. Uh, Twelve or yeah. fourteen. We're at that point, right? That we're at a playoff expansion is going to be a part of whatever agreement is hammered out. No question about it. And it looks like the the one of the, the thing that the players were hardcore about. And hey, let's give credit because all along the way. Everything that many of us have been saying and that a lot of the fans have been saying that's annoying is the only things they're fighting about are money. 
let's give credit to the players' side in that the players have been staunch in saying 14 playoff teams is too much. You play 162 games. Let's make the regular season mean a little more than letting in almost half the league. And they get playoff shares. They get bonuses if they make the playoffs. So, so this was the players essentially saying, we don't want our, you know, however many players are going to be on the playoff roster, 52 extra guys to get playoff shares. Instead, let's try to keep the regular season a little more meaningful. We'll go to 12, but we're not going to 14. That's too many teams. Let's give the players some credit there and say that that's essentially them turning down money in favor of saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's way too many playoff teams. Um, so I wanted to be fair to them there mm-hmm. when we're, you know, a lot of people are rightfully frustrated that it seems like all they're fighting about is money. So let's be, let's tell the right. here and say that's the players essentially saying, screw the money. That's too many playoff teams. Well, um, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, the one part that I'm, I'm struggling wrapping my mind around that I know has been pretty contentious is this, this pool of money for pre-arbitration players. Yeah. And, Think of a guy like Juan Soto. He's getting paid peanuts, and he's one of the best players in the game. Well, he's, we underst- turned, he's turned down Buku Bucks. Right. But, and but I understand it. it. It makes sense. Free agency, not what it once was. You don't see baseball teams paying what they did for guys in the late 20s, early 30s. So you have that part of it. So how does this pool work? You got $100 million in there. What, Juan Soto gets $20 million of it? $5 million of it? How is this ultimately going to play out, regardless of what the money in that pool is? Yeah, we don't know that. Um, I don't even know if they've worked that out. Maybe that's one of the things where they say, let's agree on a dollar figure first and get it signed to get spring training, and then we'll work out the details on specifically how it goes after. Um, they've talked about it being something like the top 30 players by war. Okay. And I'm not, I, I think they were going to use Fangraphs war, or not baseball reference war. But, but guys, from, what's interesting is, uh, people from both websites have been saying, look, we like war. Please don't do this. It's still, <laughs> this is not the best way in the world right. to determine who are the absolute best players who deserve the most money. Uh, I, I, I don't know. There's just not a good way to decide it. But I like the idea that they're saying, you guys want it to be more of, more of a meritocracy, so let's have a bonus pool that we can give the best players who are earning around the league minimum. I really like that idea. It'll, you know, maybe MVP votes determine it, but then again, we're, that's a whole other slippery slope because our, our uh, you know, beat writers who really, really like players on their team, are they going to give them the higher MVP votes because they want them to get paid more? You know, you always worry about stuff like that. So it's tough. I don't know how they're going to decide it, but um, we know that the union has been asking for $100 million bonus pool. That's obviously not going to happen. That's a gigantic figure but hey it's negotiating so you got to shoot high and then so you can come down we saw last night that it looks like the owners are willing to go up to 25 million on the the bonus pool um maybe they end up at 30 and they say for the top 30 pre-arbitration players because that's an average of 1 million per guy and then maybe it's dispersed like if you get a Juan Soto he gets 5 million of it and maybe you know like the 30th best pre-arbitration player gets an extra two hundred fifty thousand, maybe they, they do something like that. I, I would, I think that'd be great. You know, I, I love meritocracies, and, and that'd be cool. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they how they decide it. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, is with us. He covers Major League Baseball uh, at CBSSports.com. Well, let's let's um, if we do get an agreement today, Matt. So today's March the first. 
Help us out with the timeline, because I know that the, the players obviously want us to uh, make uh, March the 31st, which which is opening day. Pitchers and catchers were supposed to report over two weeks ago now. Is there enough time to still pull this off? I mean, pitchers, I know they've been throwing. It's not like they haven't done anything. Yeah. Um, but I guess the, the, the sand is coming out of the hourglass pretty quickly as far as making that March 31st deadline. When would spring training start if there's an agreement today? Any idea? Would they be in camp by the end of the week? I think so. Yeah, well, let's say they actually do hit the 5 o'clock deadline and uh, the team say, hey, just start reporting the spring training immediately. There are guys, you know, not that far. For example, we've seen like Max Scherzer and Andrew Miller are in the meeting the other day. They'd be there tomorrow. So they'd already be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vast majority of guys could get there within two days. There are uh, international players right. who, who might have visa issues that they need to sort out. It might take four or five days. Um, it's aggressive to think. Yeah, March 8th is spring training opening day, and March 31st is opening day. It's always possible they say, hey, let's just, since we got this agreement in place, let's push opening day back by a week, but let's throw a few doubleheaders on the schedule until play, still play 162 and kind of play catch up with the first week of games that we needed to cancel. I could see that being a realistic scenario um, because you don't want to rush and get guys hurt. And I know we had summer camp in 2020, and it was, what, three weeks, I think. Um, but that guys had already gone through a, a nearly full spring training, mm-hmm. and they tried to find ways to stay in shape throughout the summer. And I think everybody would agree that that was rushed. And I, I felt like we had a lot of injuries that year, and that was just a weird year anyway. So by no means should that be a template. So we'll see. I, they could make the, the March 8th spring training opening day and March 31st opening day. But it might be better. You might see the players after there's a deal done saying, hey, give us another week here and uh, let's find a way to play 162. And I, I think if, if if we do agree on something today, if that's the case, then the good faith will continue. And the others say, okay, yeah, sure, we'll give you a week here and we'll throw a few doubleheaders on there. Do you believe that uh, at least some of the players, I think Rich Hill was the latest to to uh, share his opinion, that this uh, that they're the owners of the air quote small market teams are the ones that are you know digging in their heels that they really don't want to play a buck sixty two if they don't play baseball yeah. in April they're perfectly fine with that because it's tough to fill ballparks use Kansas City and Minnesota two teams outdoor ballparks here even Chicago though bigger market clearly uh, but they know it's tough to sell tickets that time that they would be fine. Are the small are the small market owners, um, you know, really as maybe as to, as much to blame for this uh, uh, prolonged negotiations as as um, anything? Yes, absolutely. And 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 let's point out as much as the, the players have been fighting here, the stuff that they're fighting for is stuff that a lot of the small market owners are, are violating here. It's, they keep saying we want payers to be played their market value. Uh, we want guys in pre-arbitration to make more money and not simply the league minimum. We want teams to try. We want teams to quit tanking. By no means is, is any team innocent on the tanking front, really, other than like you know the Yankees or the Dodgers, um, because the Cubs are a huge market and they tanked to, to get to right. build up that team. Uh, but, you know, and the Orioles, Baltimore's not really a small market team. They're currently one of the big ones. But I could just, you know, a lot of times I could just hear screaming about the Marlins and the Pirates 
and even Cleveland when they were good, like not spending more, uh, crying poor, not taking their revenue sharing and putting it back into the product and, and trying to build a product that their community would rally around. So I think a lot of the pay- players' complaints are absolutely with small market owners. And, uh, yeah, I, you could totally see teams like Pittsburgh and Cleveland not wanting to play in April because they're not going to have any draws. And they'd have to pay the players a full season's wage when they don't think they're making any money in April. So absolutely, I think that that's true. Matt, we talked about the frenzy once this agreement comes into place for free agents, how fun that's going to be. It's going to be incredible. you got Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, Trevor Story. One name, though, that I was looking through a list last night that had me intrigued from from Japan, Japanese uh, professional player, Saya Suzuki. No relation to Ichiro Suzuki. Same name, but uh, tell us a little bit. Corner outfielder, where's number 51? He's Mm 5'11", built kind of like Ichiro was. Is this going to be kind of a big splash signing also? What do you know about him, 27 years old? Yeah, I I think so. I think it's going to be a big splash. I I don't know much. I mean, it's tough. When you don't watch on a a regular basis, you only have the stat lines to go off Mm -hmm. of. It's tougher. But, you know, we mentioned Ichiro. It's easy to go that route, but a lot more power, at least in-game power. As you just glance at the last year, in 134 games, he hit 38 home runs and he selects 636. <laughs> so even if you want to say that's more of quadruple A, which I think it's a lot closer to, to Major League Baseball than triple A is, but a lot of people still say it's more like quadruple A. Hey, you know what? If you had a guy in triple A hit 38 bombs with a well yeah. over 600 slugging, you'd be excited about him. So uh, I think he's going to be a big deal. Somebody to watch. There's a stream there. There's there there are great connections still between the Mariners and uh, and, and Japan and, and South Korea and everything. And they need to capitalize on winning 90 games and mm-hmm. selling out their ballpark. Other than opening day for the first time in, in years and years and years for the last series last year, that's a good fit right there. By no means does that mean that that's the only fit. There are, there are a lot of good fits for this guy, but him to the Mariners is something that makes a lot of sense. Mariners look like they're going to spend, kind of capitalizing, as you said there, Matt. Who else do you anticipate is going to spend a lot of money here with these remaining free agents? Uh, I'm not – I don't – it's been so long since we even thought about it because we've been going <laughs> through this much. But I don't know how much more they have to spend, but if you look at the Rangers – Okay. And you look at where Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon are, mm-hmm. and then you look at the rest of their roster, and you say, man, that'd be a half measure. I know those are two splash signings, but they're still not close to contending. Nope. And if you're going to spend that money, you've got to keep going. Uh, and speaking of half measures, the Phillies, after we heard about they wanted to spend stupid money in free agency a few years ago, and they did. They did sign Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler, but still in 82 and 80 team last year, that's with Bryce winning. MVP and Zach Wheeler being right there for the Cy Young, uh, it feels like they need to do a lot more. And uh, I can't help but think back to how much we heard for years that Chris Bryant, Bryce Harper, childhood buddies wanted to play together <laughs> and how nice of a fit Chris Bryant would be for the Phillies. You can put him at third if Alec Bohm's not going to work out. If Bohm, it gets hot a little bit, you can throw Bryant in the outfield. They've got they've got room for, for him there. So, I think that would be a really good fit. That would be really cool to see. Uh, you've been so gracious with your time, Matt. Well, what, one more quick one uh, for me. We'll let you go. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. You mentioned the shift, uh, that they're talking about that again. Is that something that could be implemented by March the 31st, or is that uh, something for 2023? 
It, it, it may be something where we start kind of going with baby steps and something that I know I, I've spoken, I believe, on your show a lot about. It, it, forget just the shifting on the infield. If we just talk about infielders in the outfield, and it's because when I, I spoke to Jed Lowry at the All-Star game, uh, which everyone was in D.C., 2018 maybe, and, and he said, look, I know that you should be allowed to play anybody wherever you want on the infield, and I get that, and we, we have to make adjustments. But when, when I when I hit a line drive into shallow right field in the second baseman standing in the <laughs> middle of the right field, and it allows the right fielder to put his heels on the warning track, that's just not baseball anymore to me. And ever since then, I've agreed with them. Yep. Maybe you start there. Maybe you say four infielders have to start with at least one foot on the dirt. And that's where we start, and we see how that goes. Can we talk about where these free agents are going <laughs> and who we like in the respective divisions next time we talk? I feel we're going to, Absolutely. Matt. I really do. Yeah. I think it's going to get done. My optimism meter is in the red zone. We'll see. Well, I'm not going to argue. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Matt, thanks for doing this as always, Matt Snyder. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Good to catch up with you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, a little baseball conversation. We'll go from our Monday conversations with Rob Doster right in That's right. to yeah, Matt baseball. Snyder as baseball will yeah. begin on our Monday uh, recap show of the weekend. And then we, we, go from Matt, so we go from Doster to Snyder to Bama. It's pretty good. Right at 11.05 Monday yeah. slot, pretty good is right. All right, Miller and Condon. Matt Postens covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. Baylor, the team we should be looking at? That's question one for him. For Texas me, anyway. Tech got it done, but, going, but struggled. Going the, are we concerned? Mm. We'll see you with Postons. He's next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Your side. Joined by Dr. Ethan Heisman from Elite Eye Care, University Avenue in West Des Moines. I suffer from dry eyes. It's not just eye drops. There's other treatments that are out there. We have one of the newest treatments available in our office. It's called Intense Pulsed Light, or IPL. It targets the abnormal blood vessels that are the root cause of the inflammation causing dry eye. The side benefit is you don't see those blood vessels anymore. That's Elite Eye Care. 9250 University Avenue in West Des Moines. And a new location, the Eye Company in Ankeny. Every sunrise offers new opportunities to dream big or to take that next small step. Every sunrise is another chance to build on the one before or to start with a clean slate. The sunrise is tomorrow's promise made real. And Grinnell Mutual is tomorrow's promise protected. Trust in tomorrow and contact a Grinnell Mutual agent today. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your ride. Fanatics, listen up. 
Our friends from Circa Sports are back in town hosting two big game watches this Wednesday and Thursday at Wellman's Pub and Rooftop. Iowa State, Oklahoma State kicks things off on Wednesday. And then Iowa, Michigan on Thursday. Come join us at Wellman's Pub and Rooftop for the games. Meet the Circa Sports Iowa team and find out how you can get some Circa swag. And you can sign up to win a pair of all-session passes to the Big 12 Men's Basketball Tournament in Kansas City. Join us and join our friends from Circa Sports at Wellman's Pub and Rooftop this Wednesday and Thursday night. Family owned and operated in the Des Moines area for over 50 years. Howsby is a name in the heavy truck and equipment industry that is known and respected. And now Howsby has created Howsby University. Train to become a diesel technician for free. Howsby will pay for all your training. Provide you with a part-time job while you learn. Pay for your housing. And a promise, 100% guaranteed job placement after you finish Howsby University. Find out all the details today at Housby.com and get your future is right around the corner. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, final guest of the day, Matt Postens covers... The Big 12 for HeartlandCollegeSports.com, and he joins us. Matt Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on, Matt Postens. Great time of year. How are you? I'm good, man. I didn't realize I was the anchor leg today. You are. I saved the best for last. Um, would probably would have said the same to Matt Snyder if he was in this <laughs> one, too. Uh, but no, listen, we've been looking forward to talking to you. Matt, um, because I think I backed the wrong horse in the Big 12. I'm, uh, I've got... Um, I wish I had Baylor, and I don't. I didn't think that this was a team that was um, going to win back-to-back national championships. I didn't, and the injuries hit. But, man, these last two games, Saturday night against Kansas, and last night going on the road into Austin, they're closing down the building. Uh, It was a big spot for Texas. I thought, oh, there's going to be a letdown. Baylor wouldn't have it. Uh, The Baylor Bears peaking at the right time. They are, and it's it's really incredible what they're doing with with such a short bench. I mean, they 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 can't get L.J. Cryer on the floor. Uh, he just has continues to have soreness in that leg, and they're they're basically down to seven guys. And if you look at the box score last night, they played their five starters. I think each of them played about twenty eight minutes. They got about uh, eighteen nineteen out of Matthew Mayer and. Uh, got about 12 out of Dale Bonner, and he's really there just to give uh, Kinjo and, and Flagler a break. You know, they they can get to the second weekend of the tournament. I, I'm not sure they can get to the Final Four because I'm not sure that this seven-player rotation is sustainable. But if they can play at a high level, if they can keep shooting at a high level, and Flo Thamba keeps playing like this, mm-hmm. th- this is we've never seen him play like this before in the three years he's been at Baylor that I've watched him play. This is really interesting because... I felt like with JTT going down, um, I wasn't sure how Thumba was going to react to that. But the way that he's played the last two games, if he keeps playing like that, they become a real factor. And just the fact that the whole you know, top ten got completely turned around this past weekend with all six teams losing on Saturday, first time that's ever happened, it just looks more wide open than ever before. So Baylor's a factor now. It's just whether they can sustain this rotation going into the NCAA tournament. Well, Kansas still is in the top spot. Another regular season crown looks to be, if not imminent, likely for the Jayhawks. Yet, 
when they lose, it's the defense that is a problem. Is that something that concerns you going into March as we flip the calendar here today? And defensively, is there is there an elixir that can make them better on that end of the floor when they get into the second weekend, a Sweet 16 matchup and Elite Eight? What can they do better on that side? And if there is, can they bottle it and sell some to Purdue? No. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah, defense has been, you know, in those games like Kentucky, you know, the game Saturday against Baylor, defense has been the issue. And, you know, it's it's little things. It's not any big systemic issue. It's just little things. Sometimes they don't switch or sh- uh, hand off on a pick like they should. Sometimes they just have a lapse where they don't get a hand in the face of a guy shooting from the three-point line like Adam Flagler. Um, it's the little things that are kind of gnawing at them right now. So I would imagine over the next two weeks, you know, Bill Self's going to be in everybody's ear about, you know, minding those little things that make the difference between winning a game by two or losing it by ten. Because, you know, offensively, they've got everything else they need. And I think David McCormick is actually finally starting to come around and playing some really good basketball. That helps them a great deal. It sounds like Remy Martin is finally, you know, going to start being a factor in this lineup. But, they're much deeper than they were two months ago. You know, Bill Self's got eight or nine guys that he can rely on now. It's just a matter of fine-tuning that defense, and it's really just those little things that coaches talk about all the time, and we kind of feel like, well, it's kind of cliche, but it's true. If you don't block out a guy late in the game, if you don't you know, put a, put a hand in the face of a shooter late in the game, if you don't hand off or switch off a pick right late in the game, it can make a difference. I want to talk about Iowa State, who um, you know, few not didn't leave them for dead. Thought that they were going to find their way into the tournament, uh, but all of a sudden they've reeled off four straight wins. Again, not the it's not a Baylor, there's not a Kansas on there, but it's the way they're doing it. They're going on the road to TCU. That was huge. K State was a desperate basketball team. They beat them. West Virginia gives you fits, and Oklahoma beat them uh, in their place earlier in the season. Uh, TJ's got this team playing defense again, committed to the defensive end of the floor. And Isaiah Brockington seemingly is getting a little bit of help right now, Matt Poston's last couple, whether it be Hunter or uh, Kalsher or fill-in-the-blank. Caleb Grill the other day was terrific. Uh, this Iowa State team, they've got Oklahoma State and Baylor still to finish. Let's say they upset Baylor. I was uh, on the record saying uh, I don't. There's no way Mark Adams can lose the Coach of the Year. It's his, um, and he, and he's going to win it and win it convincingly. T.J. Otzelberger is working his way back into the conversation. In my mind, how about you? Yeah, he's working. You know, I'm I'm kind of going through my postseason awards for the site. He's starting to work his way back in. I mean, if we had given this award in January, he'd have won it hands down. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were 12 and 0 going into the conference. Nobody expected that. And the way he's kind of held this thing together, especially through those dog days of late January and early February, where they just they just weren't playing very well. They were losing to ranked teams. People started questioning whether they were going to make the tournament. And I kept telling people, you know what? If they get to 20 wins, they'll make the tournament. It's not even going to be an issue. And look at them now. They're 20 and 9. They're still under 500 in conference, and they probably will be going into the tournament. But they have so many quad one wins, and they have so much um, – stock built up with the committee that there's really no way they're missing the NCAA tournament. Um, I like the fact that, you know, finally Isaiah seems to have some help, consistent help, and and it's going to be fill-in-the-blank help. It's going to be one guy doing it one night, one guy doing it the next. I was writing a month ago about how he needed a consistent second or third player. They don't really have that yet, but as long as a couple of guys are, are able to step up and help them each night, that puts them in a position to win any game that they play in the Big 12 tournament and any game that they play in the NCAA tournament. So, 
Um, finding more scoring next season is going to be on T.J. Otzelberger's to-do list from a recruiting standpoint, but right now he's getting what he needs. Bennett Grind for Texas Tech as the Red Raiders, kind of that sneaky dark horse. You hear a lot of people talking about them. If you move past kind of that top tier, how good the Red Raiders are. They lose to TCU over the weekend, hair on fire to beat K-State last night. Your thoughts on Texas Tech? It's been a grind for them. Where are they as we uh, come here to March? Yeah, you know what? They're they're still one of the best defensive teams I've seen all season. And, you know, they're so balanced on the offensive end. And that was one question I had going in season was, you know, is it going to be Terrence Shannon Jr. and a bunch of guys, or are they really going to find three or four guys that can help them? And in reality, now they have a half dozen, you know, guys that can score eight, nine points a night. And that really helps spread out the floor. It really helps make defenses uncomfortable when you know you have that many guys on the floor that you have to account for. I still feel like they're a second weekend team in the NCAA tournament, no matter what happens this week, no matter what happens at the Big 12 tournament, unless somebody gets hurt. Um, It's just a matter of I think there are certain matchups that could potentially give them issues. I think a a matchup with a team like in Illinois where they have a a big post inside that does a really good job of of playing with their back to the basket, knows how to pass, knows how to score inside. I think that's the type of team that could give them trouble. And the one thing that could give them trouble offensively in the tournament is they're not the best three-point shooting team in the world. They have guys that can get hot at certain times, but as a team collectively, they're a middle-of-the-road three-point shooting team. And if they get into a three-point shooting contest with somebody in the NCAA tournament, I right now I don't like their chances. Seems like it would be um, kind of a surprise if, if two of these three teams aren't playing in the championship Saturday night in Kansas City, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech. But if there is someone uh, not in that trio um, to elbow their way into the uh, to the conference tournament final, who do you think it would be? Oh, boy. Uh, that's a really good question. Um I don't think it'll be Texas because I don't trust their offense right now. They're they're too inconsistent on that side of the ball. They might get hot in Kansas City, but uh, I have a hunch that they're going to lose to somebody in that quarterfinal day. I, I if I'm thinking about uh, that dark horse that joins those three teams, um, I think that I think Iowa State could be that team if they get the right kind of offense Mm -hmm. in that quarterfinal game. I think TCU, honestly, could be that kind of team, too, even though I expect them to probably lose a couple of games this week because they've got Kansas back-to-back. Oh, Uh, do they really? They've got Kansas tonight, and then they've got Kansas and Lawrence on Thursday (laughs) night before they play the the finale with West Virginia. So they're going to have back-to-back weeks where they play three games. So they're going to be tired by the time they get to the Big 12 tournament. But... They're a much better defensive team than they were a year ago. Mike Miles has that ability to carry the Horned Frogs in his back. And they got two other three, two other three other guys that can help them offensively. They could they could be a team that um, they're very stubborn, as you saw the other night with Texas on the road, as you saw with Texas Tech. They're hard to put away, and they kind of hang around to the end. And they could they could screw with somebody on uh, quarterfinal Thursday. Is this the end for Bruce Weber? Is it coming to a close in his career in Manhattan over? Uh, well, I said they had to make the NCAA tournament, um, and I at this point, I mean, they'd have to win the Big 12 tournament to do it. Uh, I don't see them. They might slip into the NIT, but they'd have to do it with a losing record, and that doesn't usually happen. I I can't read their AD's mind, but I know he evaluated Bruce Weber at the end of last season. Um, I know they've had a better year. I know his players like him, and they support him, uh, but this might be the end 
uh, of the road for him. I mean, he's been there a long time. He's done some good things. Sometimes you just need a new voice in the locker room, a new voice in the program, and this might be the right time to do it, You know, especially if a move means that uh, you can keep a kid like a Nigel Pack out of the transfer portal. And I'm not saying he's thinking about that, but now that you have name, image, and likeness, now that you have the transfer portal being so ubiquitous, athletic directors now have to take that into account when they're thinking about whether they keep a coach or not. Pack was unbelievable against Iowa State. Uh, him and Noel, mm-hmm. uh, both terrific. My last thing for you, Matt Postens, um, reading some of Chip Brown's tweets, and they're kind of cryptic, um, you know, talking about the, the exit to the SEC. What, what are you hearing, if anything? Is, is this a story that's all of a sudden going to break, that boom, they're gone, and, and most people were... Because it seemed like when the announcement was made, oh, they're going to get through this academic year and and they're going to be gone in time for the 2022 season, which that's kind of what I thought was was, was going to happen. But then it's gone very cold since then. Are you hearing anything as far as their exit strategy, if they're going to write that check? Is is there a chance that uh, that Texas and Oklahoma... um, you know, come out with a big announcement that this uh, that the move's happening sooner than a lot of folks thought it was. Yeah, I, I suppose it's possible. I'm not hearing anything from anywhere uh, related to that, but um, you know, it's possible. I mean, and you, like you said, it really boils down to, you know, do they want to write the check? And it's a significant check, even for a school like Texas or Oklahoma. Seventy-five, eighty million dollars is a significant amount of money to sign over to uh, a conference for grant of rights to get out. Um, I think the rest of the Big 12 would rather they stay for the length of the contract because they're going to make more money that way. And, you know, why not make more money right. uh, while they try to transition out of the SEC? I really thought all of this was tied to the playoff. If the playoff expanded, I thought mm-hmm. there was a much better chance of Texas and Oklahoma leaving early. Now that it looks like expansion's off the table until the contract ends, I think they'd probably stay, if not for the life of the grant of rights, which would be through the 2024-25 uh, season, but at least for another season longer. Matt Poston's HeartlandCollegeSports.com. For you Big 12 fans out there, it's a terrific site devoted to the Big 12. HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Matt, thank you. We will uh, talk to you once the uh, bracket comes out. Pick your brain and ask you to help handicap the uh, the draws that the Big 12 schools get. There's going to be a lot of them. Thank you, Matt Poston. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in KC next week, so if you see me, say hello. Nice deal. Well, we are going to Vegas for the conference tournament, so um, <laughs> we got well, a pretty good go. gig, yeah, too. Yeah. Enjoy KC, Matt. Hey. Thank you. All right, bad. Yep, good to talk to you. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Maybe we'll bug him in Kansas City. Maybe that, that wouldn't be too bad. Uh, that uh, Kansas State job, Weber's fired. Is, okay, you're, you think he's done? I, mm-hmm. There's apathy around that program. They're not filling up the building anymore. Mm-hmm. There's They're only getting like 7,000 a game. It's, mm. it's rough. Gene Taylor is going to make a decision, and I think ultimately it's going to be Weber is going to get the X. And I continue to hear murmurs. Of? Brad Underwood. You think, why would you leave Illinois for Kansas State? Brad Underwood went to Kansas State. He's an Uh alum. He played at Kansas State. He grew up in Kansas. How are the Oklahoma State fans going to receive him when he comes back in the building? Kind of like Chris Beard does in Lubbock? That's one thing. At least there was a stop in between. Makes it a little softer. But was it, isn't all the trouble they're in happened under the Underwood watch? That's true, too. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, do you walk back into the Big 12? I don't buy it. But think of Illinois. If, first of all, when Bill Self left, why would you leave our program yeah. for Kansas? Because Kansas is a better program. Right. The right. dopes. <laughs> Illinois is a good program. Kansas is a blue blood. Mm-hmm. But if they went dead and lose to the other school in Kansas, nice. Underwood, who finally has that program that just floundered for so long yeah. 
inconsistency and just never being able to get over He's the hump. politicking for a race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's coming. Yeah, that's that, That's coming in a big way. Mm-hmm. Another name I, I saw floated out there that intrigued me is Kim English. Remember him playing at Missouri yeah, about a decade? He's still only 33. He's in his first year at George Mason. They're okay, but knows the area incredibly well. Now, he grew up on the East Coast. He's a Baltimore kid. That's where he grew up. But still, that one was at least intriguing to me. That would make some sense, too, if you're kind of looking for a young, up-and-coming coach for Kansas State. Just a couple of names, but Underwood, that one at least had me intrigued thinking about it, and it would be funny to see the Illinois fans all pissy again. Yeah, Yeah, it absolutely would. Uh, We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Trent's play of the day is coming up next. Circus Sports sponsors that. Miller & Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. KXNO listeners, you may remember this. I also want to mention Trent Condon. Listen to how excited Trent is to get a vasectomy. I was excited, Keith, and I'm still excited today. Why? No more this around my house. That peace and quiet can be a part of your home as well. Call the Urology Center of Iowa today and schedule your appointment. 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. And don't forget, the big March college basketball tournament is... The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best, fresh, never frozen wings. Buffalo, garlic jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, garlic parmesan, and so much more. Along with steaks, burgers, ribs, and a children's menu for the little ones. And don't forget about the Chicken Coop's daily lunch and drink specials. Catch all the games at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, Urbandale, and Washer Systems of Iowa, blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory-trained service department and will work on any American-made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa features Mighty M industrial pressure washers. Built in Iowa, number one in Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines, or you can find them online at Washer Market homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renters Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renters Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee. Their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happy systems.com. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips, Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. 
Family owned and operated in the Des Moines area for over 50 years. Housby is a name in the heavy truck and equipment industry that is known and respected. And now Housby has created Housby University. Train to become a diesel technician for free. Housby will pay for all your training. Provide you with a part-time job while you learn. Pay for your housing. And a promise, 100% guaranteed job placement after you finish Housby University. Find out all the details today at Housby.com and get your future started at Housby. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, Miller and Condon, final couple of minutes of the program. Murph and Andy in here at 1 o'clock, the Fanatics at 3 uh, Cyclone Insider tonight, I would assume, right? Hines and Petey at 6 o'clock. What do we have? Do you know? Well, let's see if I can find the calendar here. I got that's next week's. I'll take your word for it. Uh, yeah. Tune in at 6 and Yeah, just, uh, just leave the radio on. You don't have By to the turn. way, here's a name for K-State. Kind of out of the box. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Last time you tried to do this uh, a little over a year ago, it was one of the worst ideas you have ever had. You've had, you've had some clunkers throughout the years. Uh... Who was that? Ryan Saunders. Ryan Saunders, yuck. Uh, who do you like tonight? I like five games. I, I like all dogs tonight. That's where you had all dogs last night, And it went you? with one and three. Okay. Yuck. All right. Let's get going here. It's March. It's go time. It's time to give some winners. Help me out here. 530, FS1, Villanova, Providence. Ooh. That Nova, huge Ooh. game. Yeah. Providence has already clinched the regular season title. Providence is getting 10. I know the analytics hate them. I get it. But 10 with Cooley's boys? Nova's pretty good, Trent. They're good. Are they 10 points better even at home against this Providence squad that is always in tight games? I'm not going to try and talk you out of it. You're all over mm. Providence. I like your move. And your reasoning seems solid. Game two. Tennessee on the road at Georgia tonight. Coming off a big win, Tennessee. And a big one in front of them with Arkansas this weekend. This is the trap, you're saying. The trap game. Uh-huh. It's senior night for Tom Crean's boys at Georgia. This is Crean's final home game, potentially. You're, get, you're getting 16. And I was looking at one of their seniors, Aaron Cook. I remember him at Southern Illinois. He played there three years. He was a reserve last year for Gonzaga. <laughs> yeah. He is now, as a 25-year-old, wow. going through senior night ceremonies at Georgia. Give me the Bulldogs plus Hey, 16. real quick before we run our show, what's, who's, uh, didn't you tell me that Iowa State, that uh, Calcher, Brockington... Who else going to be a part of it? Condit. Condit, Kalsher, Brockington. And Coons. They're all going through senior all day. All going through senior day. So all right. something to keep an eye uh, on there. All right, back to your plays. Nebraska, plus 15. Cornhuskers are playing better. They couldn't miss the other day. At Ohio State, give me the 15 and uh, Hoiberg's boys over there. Michigan State, I'm getting five at Michigan. I'll take that mm-hmm. after what we saw from Sparty over the weekend. And finally, give me the three and a half of Wisconsin tonight. They're getting three and a half at home. For the Big Ten title against Purdue. That is appointment television, that game. Good stuff. Well, thanks for being with us here today. Again, Murph and Andy coming up in an hour and uh, five minutes. Uh, and then the Fanatics tomorrow. Cappy's going to be a part of our program. Who else? Shelby Mast will be here. Bracketwag.com. Look forward to getting the latest from Shelby Mast. As of today, has both the Clones and the Hawks on the 8 line. That's going to do it for us. We're Miller and Condon. Trent are here, and I are here every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.